Hello, and welcome to the High Street Community Church Podcast. We're so excited you're learning alongside us, and we pray this message leads you closer to the Lord and others. High Street Community Church is simply a family of friends following Jesus. God bless you as you listen. Pray with me. God, we are here because of you. You are our creator. You're our leader. You give us grace and mercy, and we're here to worship you. We're also here to be formed by you. Would you blossom us into the people you've designed us to be? to become the church walking in your ways. We love you, we're grateful, and uh, honored to be here serving you. In Christ's name, amen. Well, today is our last, um, last message in the series, Trusting Leadership. We will continue to process this and talk about this in smaller Um, groups or in church life meetings, things like that. But today is our last message. And so today, what I'm going to do is we're going to review, just go through the things that we've heard, and as I wrote in my notes, and hopefully learned um, through this series, myself included. And then um, I'll point us into our new direction. I'd maybe even say High Street 2.0, ready for the upgrade. Um, And then we'll close our service by having all of our um, leaders that serve in different capacities that I'll go through in the message. We're going to have them stand up, and then the rest of the congregation will get around them and pray for them um, as we head forward. So um, what have we heard and what have we learned? Point number one is the most important one. If you want to pull out your notes in your bulletin to see that we're all on the same page, is that uh, it is, and Frank prayed this, I love this, it is Jesus' church. Jesus' church. He's talking to Peter, and he says in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. Two pronouns that pay attention to there, I and my. And, and you're not speaking, Jesus is speaking. So it's his church that he builds. So we're just wanting to be obedient. We want to steward. We want to be in the roles and, and ways that he's called us. But he's, it's not, it's not, I'm not, I'm the lead pastor, but I'm not in charge of this church. Our leadership teams are not in charge of this church. Jesus is in charge of this church, and we don't own the church. It's his church. I go on and on and on about this, but we all got to be on the same page because it's Jesus' church. So since it's Jesus' church, we want to do what? Where are you going? What do you want to do? What do you have to say? It's Jesus' church. And we all make mistakes and and forget things. It's even fine to say, oh, I'm going to to my church or those kinds of things. That's fine. But at the heart level, whose church is this? Jesus' church, and he has many churches in this town and many churches all around the world. They're all his church that follow him. The definition of a Christian leader, I brought this to you the very first week and said, hey, this is one of the things we studied in my doctorate at Fuller Seminary where I did a, a doctor of ministry and the focus was leadership and the key teacher and that was my main professor the whole time, J. Uh, Robert Clinton, and he has, I think, I don't know, bulletproof definition of leadership And if we could put that one up there, it's there. And a leader is a person with a God-given capacity 
and a God-given responsibility who is influencing, that's the key term in there, influencing, a specific group of God's people towards God's purposes for the group. Who is influencing towards God's purposes. So the only way to know God's purposes are, what does he say? And also in prayer, listen to him as he tells us, what is it that you want to do, God? That's what a leader does. Not, not what do I want to do or what does our leadership team want to do. Those are nice things, but we're saying, God, what do you want to do? Because it's his church, right? Where do you want to go? Where are you calling us? Uh, and then the other thing that sticks out in that definition, there's a ton we could talk about in that, but um, if you're a leader in this church, then there's two things. You have the God-given capacity and God-given responsibility. So God will equip you and, and has equipped you and has made you a leader so you, you can lead, and then the responsibility, you have to lead. You're supposed to lead. So there's times, especially when there's times, pivotal times when you got to say, no, this is where God's calling us. You have to lead because God's equipped you and called you to do that as a leader. That's the definition of a, of a Christian leader. Thanks for putting that up. Um, and then specifically, as I prepared for this series um, for our church, a word that just kept popping up was this idea of friendship. And I thought, how does friendship manifest itself in leadership? And the more I studied, the more I saw that this theme of friendship was um, carried throughout, and it's very biblical, but it carries out. And so you can look at leadership um, with the lens of friendship. And that's what we've done. We said, okay, um, leaders are friends. And we saw in John 15, where Jesus has been with the disciples you know, a number of years. He's trained them. He's equipped them. And he's, they've been really servants and followers. And they'll never stop being that. But just before he died, he said, you know what? I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, friend, what he's meaning there is that you know what he's about. You have the same mindset, you have the same heart, and you have the same will, your actions. You're going to do what he did because he's leaving, right? And he's saying, you're going to take over for me. You're my friends. You have this calling. You have the same passion. And so that's an honor. I'm sure they look back like, wow, he's calling us friends. And it wasn't just friends like we're buddies and we hang out together. It's friends. You're going to do the same thing. We, have, we share this heart, mind, and will. So you're going to carry on. That's what the church is. We are friends with Christ, and we're the body of Christ. People say, oh, I wish I could see Jesus face to face. Well, we all will at some point, but in terms of the definition of the church, we're the body of Christ. We're to do and be what Christ is doing. He's working through us, and we do that by being friends with Christ. It's a process. The disciples weren't, you know, in a sense, termed friends with Jesus, it took time to grow in that friendship, to grow in that relationship, to grow in maturity. And so leaders, don't just, you don't just become a leader as soon as you become um, redeemed, you become saved. You're not necessarily ready to lead. So it takes a process of growing up and maturing and becoming friends with God. So we looked at five different relationships that a Christian leader um, needs to have. And the first one, I'll go through those five. Um, the first one is being friends with God. If you remember that message, it was, it's really foundational. In fact, I'm pretty confident I could say, I'm sure of this, you can't be a Christian leader if you're not friends with God, right? I just explained how, how you got to hear what God wants to do with his church, so you need to be on the same page with God in order to lead well. In fact, everything, all these relationships that we'll go through and all of the behaviors and all the qualities that a Christian leader has all flows out of that friendship with God. 
So it's, it's, it's paramount. If you can get this one right, you'll probably get the rest of them right. Does that make sense? If you can just, you know, if you're a simple-minded person like me, just do this one. Just be friends with God, and you'll likely lead really well. Friends with God, most important. The second relationship we talked about being friends with is that leaders are friends with peers. You're not just friends um, with God because God doesn't call us to do this in isolation. Even Jesus had his disciples. He didn't just walk around doing things. He could have. He had the capability, but his goal was to develop them and then hand the mission over to them, over to the church. And a lot of times you'll hear, especially in in kind of our Western culture of of business-mindedness, that the leader, it's lonely at the top. There's certain roles that we take as leaders that are lonely and get, get difficult, but that's not, the, that's not best. It's best to do leadership together. There's a unity that we have working together, working with your peers. And so we looked at what does it mean to be peers? How do we let people on the inside? How do we care for people? How do they care for us? How are we vulnerable? Um, how are we sharing our strengths with one another? And that's modeled in our leadership teams here. Sit in a deacon meeting and you watch them being friends. You sit in other committees, you watch them caring for one another, not just doing the task, but doing, doing life together in relationship. And we, we saw in Colossians 3, uh, 13 and 14, there, there were three verbs that came across in terms of this kind of working together, is that you bear with one another, you literally put up with one another, you forgive each other, and then ultimately you love each other. Isn't that how it's supposed to be even in our own homes? Sometimes you just got to be patient, not, not say anything, just bear with one another. There's times you have to come together and say, I need to forgive you. You need to forgive me, that kind of thing. But overall, just love each other. That's what this church does. We, we don't do it perfect, but that's what we're called to do is bear with each other and be grateful that people are bearing with you. I had some roommates through college that are like, you're a great guy, but you got some quirks. That's bearing with me, and I'm appreciative of those guys. Um, so friends with peers after being friends with God. And then we talked about being kind to yourself. This is one that people sometimes miss as leaders, is they're, they're kind of a martyr. It's tempting to just say, I'm here to serve, and it's not important to take care of myself. It's all about the mission. And you really can miss out. In fact, you'll burn out if you do that. We talked about how being kind to yourself, you know, being friendly towards yourself is that you got to rest. You can't servo. You can't run fast if you don't rest. And so you got to have rhythms of rest. And we talked about forgiveness. A lot of times, the last person we forgive is ourselves, and that's putting your standard of forgiveness higher than God's. Let's not do that. Big mistake, big lie. So sometimes being kind to ourselves is letting us ourselves off the hook, releasing ourselves to be free. We also talked how it's important for leaders to, to play, to recreate, to get away, to forget about the stuff and that could be through hobbies, it could be through sports, adventures, travels, all kinds of things that we do. You just got to do that in a rhythm, kind of like rest. You got to do that stuff so that you can serve really well. And ultimately, the call is to abide in Jesus. The kindest thing you can do is walk with Jesus. And a key word came out in that, as I've won over these messages, look back at them, the key word that I think it was uh, Dallas Willard described Jesus was that he was relaxed. And so you have a question, am I being kind to myself? Are you relaxed? Many times I'm not relaxed. I'm kind of tense. And, and if you bore down a little bit, is, are, are you forgiving yourself? Are you resting? Are you carrying the load on your back? And if you are, that's not relaxed. Jesus was relaxed because he's like, the Father's got it all under control. We, we, I'm just going to obey my Father. 
that's a relaxed leader. It doesn't mean there's not a lot of work and there's not a lot of challenges. It just means there's a, a posture of trust. And then leaders are friends with the church, love the church by equipping the church. There's over 100 passages that talk about one another's. There's this call again and again to care for each other. There's coaching and there's mending. This, when, it, when a leader loves the church, this is love pointed inward. So you can just look around the room. This is our church. Are we loving each other? Are the leaders loving each other? In fact, that's a question I'm often thinking. Our leaders are thinking, how can I care for? How can I equip? How can I keep watch over your souls? That's love pointed inward. And a leader is called to be friends with, share heart, mind, and will with the church. That's a leader's call, one of them. Then the next week, we talked about leaders need to love outward, right? We got to love the community. We talked about fishing, right? In fact, the, the, and I'll get into this a little bit later, and we talked about it last week, that there's a, a casting when he came across the first two disciples and said, hey, follow me. They were casting their nets. Then he came across the next two disciples just by there, and they were mending their nets. And that's the rhythm of the church. You're either mending or casting. This is the casting one. That as a church, we're called to do this and point the church to do this. we got to care about the community. Church is not just about us. It really isn't. We come together to do the mending, and then it's kind of like Sunday mending, Monday through Saturday, right? We're out there fishing. And then you come back in and fix up your broken pole or your tangled lines, and then get back out there. That's what we're doing. That's what a church is, and that's what a leader points us to. Then I think it'd be helpful for us to look. Those are the five relationships that we did. Then it'd be good for us to look specifically, well, what does this look like, leadership look like at High Street Community Church? You know, different churches do things different way, and here's how we're settling out. The leadership roles we have at High Street Community Church, and I'd say this, what are the leaders, or specifically, who are the leaders for you to trust? The title, Trusting Leadership, who are the people you are to trust? Trust for what? Trust that they're ahead, that they're pointing us to where we should go, that they're initiating, that they're influencing specific groups towards God's purposes, all right? So the first one is ministry staff, right? And so we have kids ministry staff, youth director. Drew, where's Drew? I saw Drew in here. Yay, Drew, we follow you. <laughs> Good luck getting the youth to follow you, right? That's his call. Um, and by the way, our kids' ministry role has been filled. Carrie Lippman has agreed to take on the role. They're not here right now, but yay. I, I said, can I tell everybody? She's like, yep. I'm like, well, you won't be here, so we'll cheer in her absence. Um, Dave and Carrie also lead our college ministry and young adults. Joe, where's Joe? Joe leads our worship. Yay! Isn't it fun to follow Joe? We follow Joe. He leads us, and I'm grateful for that. He's got... He's running point, he's running ahead, and he's caring for us as we worship God, pointing us to God. And then me, the lead pastor, huge applause. <laughs> we are ministry staff, and we have the charge of guiding specific ministries with specific aims to God's purposes for that group. That's what we do. We're called to do that kind of stuff and grateful to have those roles. And then we have um, committee chairs. And I don't know that I'll name them all, but, but just the ones that came off the top of my head, we have like missions committee, we have a property committee, we have a caring committee, a nominating committee, a team that oversees prayer direction. And those groups 
are, they're not staff, but they're volunteers, and they have just as much um, importance because of the area that they're overseeing. And they're saying, we're looking ahead, or we're looking at where we're at, where we need to go, and they're calling, often sometimes taking care of themselves, sometimes pointing it to a leadership board, but those groups um, have chair people that kind of say, I'll take point. I'll make sure we talk about the things we talk about. I'll listen for the needs that we have. And those committees and teams care for that portion of the church. And I love watching them for a number of reasons. Partly as a pastor, I'm like, man, I'm glad someone's taking care of that. You know? But it's, it's so fun to see people using their gifts, caring for our church so that our church does the casting and the mending well. That's what those groups do. I mean, in terms of those. And they have, they have, literally, they have the eyes, the hearts, and the ears and wisdom for those key focus areas and leaders that, that um, organize those things. And then the last one, and I'll talk a little bit more about this one, are what I'm calling overseeing boards, teams. There's a select group of people that watch over specific things to say, we want to make sure this is done right and done as God wants for our church. And we have... Um, we've traditionally always had a deacon board that serves in a couple of these roles, and we're moving towards, this is what I call High Street 2.0, getting an update, updating our software in a sense to say, you know what, the deacons, we want to focus that group really what the Bible says deacons should do, which is kind of run, um, manage things, administrate, take care of tasks, okay? What does it mean to run the church in the, you know, how's our budget doing? What is the roof, like I'm watching emails go around from the deacons, and they're, we're talking about fixing these walkway uh, roofs that need to be repaired. There's budget questions. I won't tell you all the, but they're looking at these specific tasks. Of how do we get these things done and done right? And that's the deacons. So they, they manage, there's practical oversight that they do. They connect with staff as liaisons. The deacons are liaison to all those staff positions. Say, is there a barrier that we can help as a board? Get out of your way so you can do your ministry better. And they say, here's your budget. You're way over budget. Stop spending. Or you don't touch your budget. Get to busy. We set this money aside for you to use it. That's what they do. The deacons are saying, we want to make sure that we're doing what God's called us to do as a church in a practical manner. They really help, and I help them, administer and oversee the church in those things. That's what we do. And then about, I don't know, two or three years ago, I formed a group to help me be a better pastor. I said, there's a number of things I just feel like I'm not getting done, or I don't have the, you know, um, I just wasn't getting it done. I needed help. I'm like, what are my blind spots? What are areas? Here's areas of care that I need help with in the church. And I called on the pastoral leadership team. And they have functioned really well to help me be a pastor, but they also carry a lot of the load of teaching. We discuss doctrinal issues. We talk kind of spiritual care issues within our church. And one of those is moving to where we have that team officially recognized. And I spoke with Bruce Clatterbuck, who was the interim pastor here, and he says, yeah, I would have put a team like that in way right away when I get there, but it wasn't quite time yet. And our association, I've talked with some of the leaders in that, and they said, oh, yeah, almost all these churches that are in, the, um, in your association have changed to this model, and here's how you do it, because some of them learned some things along the way. And so we've been following that. So what we're doing is this year, and, and is we're saying, we're going to do this. We're going to practice this model of having kind of two boards one overseeing the spiritual life and health and direction of our church, and one overseeing the practical uh, managing administrative things of our church. And so we're doing that. We're having those two teams um, lead that. And, and Bruce's advice was like, do it for a year before you make it kind of official and vote on it and all that kind of stuff. 
And if you still need, do it another year. You're practicing it. And that's what these other churches said. Just do it for us. So we've kind of been doing it for a while, but we're going to officially do it, do it this year. And then we'll get to the end and say, how do we put this officially within our bylaws and those kinds of things? Does that make sense? And I'm really grateful because I want to see, I'm just sitting here as we're worshiping, I'm like, man, our church is doing well. We're in a really good spot. And, it's, and, and we want to do better. As I preached about fishing and say, we want to grow our church. We want to invite people in. You got to have, and this was advice from both of those boards, preach on this series on leadership so our house is in order so we can handle growth, so we can care for people. So get the house in order. Okay, that's right. That makes sense. I understand that. Um, the passages that go along that, and we've, we've talked about more of the qualities, but in Acts chapter 6, and then the qualifications in 1 Timothy 3 and in Titus, the, the Acts chapter 6 has an issue where these Greek widows, the church was growing, and these Greek widows weren't being cared for. The bread wasn't being given to them. So they went to say, hey, um, to the apostles, the leader, the, basically the pastors of the church, these gals are not being taken care of. You should take care of them. Say, so we can't. If, we take, if we're passing out bread all the time, we aren't focusing on prayer and teaching. We're not doing the things that we're called to do as the pastoral leaders. So get some deacons, get some servants to take care of that physical, practical need. And so they raised those up, and that's where that kind of came from. That's where that model came from, from those people caring for needs so that the spiritual overseers could take care of that. And then the practical needs, which are very important, are taken care of by a different group. And both groups have to have qualities. They have to have those things that I went through, friendships with God, friendships with, with one another. There's all these things that those leaders all have to have because they have to be trustworthy. And that's why we have the title of trusting leadership. You want to, none of our leaders are perfect. I told you we're all turkeys, right? But we, we need to be mature turkeys, right? That we can trust that we're following the Lord. Again, not perfect, but, but say, you know, I know, I know he's not perfect or she's not perfect, but they do love the Lord and they listen to the Lord, right? And that's, that's God's design. So we're following God's design to follow those kind of leaders. Um, both areas need to be done well. And this is something that I've just seen in our deacon board over the years is that they've got too much to do. And so now we're saying, focus on this, which as we're doing that, I'm like, they still have too much to do. And then our pastoral leadership team is focusing on, on these doctrinal issues, spiritual leadership and vision. So moving forward, what does this look like? Casting and equipping. And I brought out um, this fishing pole because this gives me a good picture of what we're trying to do, not just for our teams and not just for our church, but really all of the staff needs to be thinking about this. How am I casting? Are we fishing? Who are we fishing for, right? And then also, all of our staff, all of our boards, all of our, um, um, what am I, I'm thinking of the word, committees, committee chairs, and you think, how are we mending? So people come to church with broken poles, <laughs> And you say, oh, I'm having a tough time fishing. It doesn't cast very far. Well, if you put these two together, you can cast it really far, you know? Or they come in and they're, they, we, we all come in and our lines are all tangled up and we just like barely get here on a Sunday. We need some mending, some equipping, and we spend time doing that. It could be done throughout the week in Bible studies and care groups. There's all kinds of ways that we do mending. But here's the thing, mending and casting go together. If you ever go down to the harbor and you see boats in the harbor, sometimes boats just sit in the harbor and they never go out. Poor boat. That's not, but, but hey, it could get damaged. 
It probably will. We'll get used. And as a church, guess what? We all know this. We're not supposed to just sit in the harbor. You do have to come to the harbor. You have to repair. You know, you have to, that's what, when Jesus found these disciples, two of them were casting and two of them were mending. So as a church, some of you are more inclined to fish or to just, as a boat, to sail. And you're like, we got to be sailing all the time. That's good. We need you in our church. And some of you are more inclined to like, we got to fix things. We got all kinds of holes in these nets. We can cast them all day long. They're not going to catch a single fish if we don't mend these nets. And we work together, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, loving one another, so that we get the right balance that God is calling us to fish, we go fish. Calling us to be mended, to equip, we do that. And that's what leaders do. They're listening and sensing to God. Is this a repair time? Is this a fishing time? Is this... And some committees are more focused on fishing. Some of them are more focused, like, like the uh, facilities, property committee, they're, they're mending all the time. That's what they do. Missions, they're fishing, and they're making sure other people can fish. They're focused. You see, they have more of a focus that way. That's how that works. Then I want to close with a passage. I told you at the start of this series, I was at a pastor's retreat up at Mount Hermon, and uh, the leader said, he read this very passage that I'm about to read, and he says, I'll bet you never preached on that. And I'm like, I just did last Sunday. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And they're like, the other pastor's like, you did what? I'm like, yeah. And we preached it when we went through the book of Hebrews. Because it's a passage that basically the pastor is reading saying, obey your leaders. Like, great, good luck with that, telling people that way. But it's true. And that's why our series is titled Trusting Leadership. Ultimately, we trust God, and that's what really Christianity is. It's a trusting in a loving God. That's the root of, of Christianity. I want to go through these two verses, and we'll finish by praying for our leaders. So the first verse, Hebrews 13, verse 17 says, obey your leaders and submit to them. Submit is order yourself under them. For they're keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. It makes sense. So last Monday, my brother, he lives up in San Rafael with his wife and two girls, and they came down to our house um, from San Rafael to, to be in Santa Cruz. They had one night in the Dream Inn and one night at our house. And so they left their little girls with us while we watched them, while they went to the Dream Inn. But they wanted to go surfing, just the, just the parents, Tim and Jen. So my brother is Tim, and his wife is Jen, and they want to go surfing. And the waves were perfect at Cowles. And I said, oh, I'll take you. You know, I've taught hundreds of people how to surf. And so I did all the preparation. I got all the wetsuits. I got all the boards out. I put them all in my truck. I checked the tide. I checked the, the uh, swell and the weather and all that stuff, and it was going to be perfect at this time. So they had to order their day around when I told them it was going to be good, when they could be there. And, and he was pretty excited. She was a little more hesitant. And um, so I get it all together, take them all down to the cowls, and she was a little nervous to get in the ocean. She's, you know, done that before, but she didn't have as great experiences. But um, so we got them all geared up, walked them down the stairs at cowls, paddled out, and got them in the right spot, and they had a blast. They rode more waves than anybody else there. I know just where to take them. I give them big shoves. And, and they caught so many, in fact, they got so tired they had to get out before it was even, I'm like, you, we can go more, like, we've had enough. Because <laughs> they would catch wave after wave after wave after wave. And one, you know, he'd go, then she'd be there. And I've done it so much, and I know the place that I knew how to do it, how, they, how they'd have um, a great, great time. 
And I did an interesting thing, which I don't normally do. Right before we were done, um, she was kind of, you know, they, they get all upside down. And they, she's coming back up with the water, gets on the board and kind of walking back out. And I said, hey, thanks for following me, doing everything I said. Because if you don't do what the instructor says, it's not a good time for the person or for me, right? So she looks at me with this quizzical look on her face, and she's like, why wouldn't I? I'm like, true, but I've taken a lot of people that don't follow, and it doesn't go so well always. But I was so grateful, and, and I, as I was working through this, I'm like, that's exactly what it's like in the church. Whether it's me you're following, or your committee chair, or your staff person, if we follow, they're like, why wouldn't I? Right? Well, like Frank prayed, sometimes we think we know a different way, and you might even know a better way, and you might even be right. But there's a sense of just following, and we can work that stuff out, that it works well. And it was a great example to me to go, that's what God's calling our church to do, is follow our leaders with this just kind of like, I'll do it, and I trust you, and I'll have a good time. And it's on me, the passage here talks about watching over her soul. I was literally watching over them to make sure they were safe. I pointed out the rocks beforehand. If you go this way, you're going to have to roll off on your stomach. Don't stand up. If you go this way, you can dive off head first. You'll be fine over here. And I told them all that stuff, and I watched out for it because that was my job. Their job was to have a good time and follow whatever I sang. My job was to bring the right equipment, the right time. The right... I did all that stuff, and it worked out great. And that's what God's calling our church to. And I will say just as frankly as I can, I enjoy leading here because our church does follow. I don't get a lot of heat or feedback or difficulty. We work out stuff, but it's a joy to serve here. And I'm, I'm worshiping. I'm like, this is a good church, and we're in a good place. So I'm grateful. I'm, I'm grateful for that, for following. And our, I'm grateful for our leaders that lead. I have great confidence in our leaders. We have a great deacon board. We have a great pastoral leadership team. Our ministry team, are, it's not perfect. Nothing's perfect, right? If your church is perfect, then you ruined it because you're here, right? There's no perfect church. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But, I, but God's got us by his grace in a good spot. Um, so I'm grateful for that. So here's what I'd like to do just in closing. If you're a ministry staff person, I want you to stand up. Now's was a good time. <laughs> if you're leading one of our committees, um, one of those, those uh, teams that's focusing on something, I want you to stand up. Yeah, you're pointing at each other. You know who you are. If you're a deacon or on the pastoral leadership team, stand up. Great. Any other leaders that you're, you know who you are, what you're going to do is be prayed for. So I'd like the rest of the congregation, and, and would you put that passage up there, Hebrews uh, 18. It says, pray for us. This is going to guide you. You're just going to pray for like a minute or two for the leaders. Pray for us, and here's what you're praying for, that we... Uh, that we are assured that we have a clear conscience. We want our leaders to have clear conscience, desiring to act honorable in all things. That's the heart of our leaders, but we still want prayer for it, right? So go ahead and pray, and I'd love a couple people to come up even pray for me too, and then I'll close this in prayer.
Father, thank you for our church. Thank you that we don't have to worry about being in charge because you are in charge. Forgive us when we take things into our own hands. Forgive us when we have pride of thinking we know better or fear of, of not trusting. We're grateful for that you're real and that you're in our lives and for the many dreams that you have for our church in the future. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to the High Street Community Church weekly message. We hope you were encouraged to follow Jesus. For more, please subscribe to our podcast or visit us online at hscchurch.org.